Good morning and welcome to the new media show. It's absolutely fantastic to be back in the saddle. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Doing terrific, Todd. It was uh, it was fascinating to see you uh, with your uh, with your video efforts down in uh, Las Vegas at CES this this past uh, week and a half or so. So it'd be great to to talk about that stuff. But it's great to be back doing the show. Yeah, and uh, I got back. I'm four for twelve. Uh, four years out of twelve years came back with the crud. So the oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I was down for the count the day after I got back, but uh, I'm slowly recovering. It's just you put 177,000 people in the same building, and it was cold in Vegas, and it's just a recipe for you know bacteria and germs, and so oh, it, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, it was a great show, and I, I learned some things. Some things worked, some things didn't. So that'll be fun to kind of talk about, but. Wow, uh, it's it's a new year. <laughs> yeah, 2017 is here. This is our first show in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, sorry we were gone so long. It was you know completely my fault. But uh, those of you that are tuning in this morning live, thanks for being here. And um, but uh, there is some news in the podcasting space. We'll, we'll want to get into too. A couple mm -hmm. of uh, shifts in personnel and. Some stuff going around, some rumors in the space. So uh, I don't normally, yeah, you know, I'll pander some rumors today. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what people tune into the show to hear is all all the dirt about what's happening in the space. <laughs> yeah. Someone someone told me, uh, matter of fact, they saw me at the show and they said, you know, your guys is a new media show. You, 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 Rob is the reserved one. He's the one that really doesn't want to poke poke fires too much and todd is the one that just like shotguns it <laughs> though i think the last couple of weeks so i i think i've been trying to keep up with you on that. oh well that's good that's good so you're gonna you have, know. To, have to tell me well, some other stuff that was going on well you know it's it's just like what you're saying it's all about the the garbage that's going on in the space you know yeah we're airing all of the dirty laundry here <laughs> and there's really not that much dirty laundry no no we're yeah. we're we're totally blowing it up into much more than it really is yeah, yeah. that's a fact but uh I, I guess you know um one thing that uh i learned at ces you know all best plans go sideways the minute you uh you know, step out the door step on the show floor and I, i'm not a i'm gonna have to call a spade a spade and i'm not happy with the live stream team um specifically the Mevo. I, uh, I had a great run up getting ready and, 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 and be honest with you, I did fail in one thing and the failure was making sure that my iPhone, you know, this iPhone new plug here we have, or this single plug with the iPhone seven, the little headphone adapter check that they give you, make sure it worked with my wireless. I just assumed, you know, Hey, I'm just going to do uh, line in on this to get great audio <laughs> didn't work no no it didn't work didn't work you need to like there's like three approved accessories or cables or something like that i didn't know that until way too late and i tried to fix it by you know going to bnh and overnighting and spending a 100 bucks to get a single cable that didn't work and so in the end my osmo um worked fantastic for just kind of walking the show floor. I, I did goof the audio up on it one day because that was, we didn't pre-check the audio 
going in and I had a a little bit of noise, but I did these uh, daily kind of walkthroughs of where we'd been and uh, and it seemed to go over okay, but uh, lots of shorts, but all the content we recorded is actually getting started and be processed today. The the uh, video editing is starting this morning, so should start seeing some actual interviews next week. So now, so why don't you recap what you did down there? Sure. I, so you did a bunch of live uh, Facebook streaming. Yeah. So you did that. So there's a bunch of um, video up there yep. of you walking the floor, but then you also recorded a bunch of interviews, right? Yeah. Uh, I, those weren't necessarily streamed live? No, none of those were streamed live. I, I, okay. I had scheduled to see 96 vendors. I think I saw 60, 57 to 60. And I talked to a lot of vendors. You know, there's this, you know, so for those of you that don't know, the Consumer Electronics Show is 45 football fields of um, 4,700 vendors. Um, when we started doing the show, it was only 2,600 vendors, but it's, you know, it's grown. It's a massive show, 600 startups alone. And, um, uh, I just, uh, this year we walked it and my, the goal is, is if I see something cool, I stop and interview them. Or if I've already said, you know, preview previous to the show, thought something would be cool. I put them on a list and that didn't work as good as I thought it was going to do. I actually missed some people, but, um, here's, you know, if, 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 if any of you, and this is just a, a general advice. If you're ever going to do a trade show and it's of any size, you have about three to five seconds to capture someone's attention as they're walking by your booth. Your signage is absolutely critical. Unless it's something I can see on a desk at the front of your booth, your signage, you have to tell me what you do and what makes you cool in three to five seconds. Because I call it the slow walk. I kind of walk half speed down an aisle and I'm doing this back and forth. You know, and unless you, and you know, <clears throat> be aggressive. You see a press person, uh, say, "Hey, this is what I have. Get my attention," because otherwise, I walk right by you. And if you, the signage is horrible. People, if you going to trade shows, it's you have the you have a million dollar booth. The signage sucks. I'm not stopping. You have to tell me what you do in three yeah. to five seconds. But that's yeah. what I did. I walked the floor, and. uh um, look for cool stuff. We found a lot of it. And some of it was just barely breaking the criteria. And I, and I, I, I didn't do an interview if I didn't think it was really hot. So the, my cameraman, Isaiah Garcia out of Albuquerque, um, we would get done with an interview. He says, that was a solid, <laughs> that was his way of saying that was a good one. And, uh, I think out of all the interviews, we probably had a couple that ended up being kind of, eh, but most of them were really good. Yeah, because I've actually done that. I, you know, I went with Andy McCaskey. We walked the the CES, and yeah. I, I I carried the video camera, and oh. he did the interviews, <laughs> and and yeah. So we we just walked down the aisle. We'd scan every booth, trying to catch you know what what it was about with yeah. each each booth, right? And yeah. you have just like you said, you have like maybe a couple of seconds, you know, cause you're, you're judging every booth as you're walking past it yep. to see if there's something interesting yep. there. Yep. And oftentimes, <clears throat> unless something jumps out at you, you just walk right past. And if you're working a booth, here's, here's another thing. See this little device in my hand. Those of you that are watching booth staff 
should be banned from being using their phone while they're in the booth. This is what I saw hundreds of times. I bet. You're paying yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars to be in a booth, and your face is down in your phone looking at your phone. And, and hundreds of people are walking past you right. constantly. Yeah. And if your phone, if, if your face is down in the phone, I'm like, screw you. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking. So, you know, it's just like, we're going to be at Podfest. You want to use the phone, step out of the booth or step out away from the table. No phone yeah. usage at the table or, you know, the 10 by 10 or whatever you're at. And it was, and be there on time. I walked by booths early in the morning. People weren't even in the booth yet. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but you know, it was uh, VR was everywhere. And matter of fact, the VR, the lines to see VR were so long, I, I refused to stand in them. Um, an augmented reality, it was that was huge. Um, the coolest thing I saw in augmented reality actually came from Intel, and I was pretty surprised. Uh, and I didn't even the guy just described what they're going to do. They're not going to use 360 cameras. They're going to like use 180 spear cameras. For example, put a if for soccer, put 180 spear camera in every kick corner. Um, put it at the net. It, you know, variety of places where people want to see up close. And I got a car alarm going on in the neighborhood. I don't know what to deal with that is. Um, not mine. And uh, basically, the folks that are watching on TV could switch via VR to that kick view instead of having if you have nosebleed seats bring yep. up your phone and you look at that kick corner view with the virtual reality so so did you see more uh 180 and 270 um views than it, you did 360 yeah it, it was mix 360 of it. doesn't doesn't make sense to me mix of everything did mi you yeah okay. mix of everything you know, so people that, you know, the funniest thing I saw the first day was a guy was uh, in a booth doing something and he fell on his face. He was just standing there and he just like fell over like a tree. It was like, it must be, he was looking over a cliff or something in VR and, and he like crashed. And I, and oh, I, I, oh. I, thought, I thought, could I, please, could I just have had my camera running then? <laughs> um, but, you know, that was, that was kind of the sign of things. And another thing that I saw, and so let me talk about from the podcast perspective so that uh, people understand uh, what we did this year and what I found and what I learned so it makes it more relevant and people are not tuning out because we're not talking about new media stuff. But I worked with the CTA, I've worked with the CTA now for six years. We decided not to do a 10 by 20 live broadcast booth out on the floor like we've done in the past. We decided not to do that and go, forego the expense and time and my, you know, heart palpitation and everything else. Um, so CTA did give us a working studio. And the studio was maybe, eh, wasn't even 10 by 10. Maybe it was 8 by 10 or something like that. Enough to put, well, there was enough to put four, four-foot uh, tables in it without, uh, with like a chair, a chair piece. But Don Bain, the gadget professor, sat up in there and he did uh, two to three hours of live from our little broadcast studio. But we saw in our, and, and this is, I walked around all of these NAB, not NAB, CES or CTA sanctioned broadcast areas. We were like, 
utilizing ours the most and getting stuff out of it. I walked by so many of these rooms. I looked in, no one's there. Looked in, no one's there. Big 10, uh, 20 by 20 areas, no one's there. So um, the press people that are actually going, they're way underutilizing this. I, I got, I didn't have to pay for electricity, didn't have to pay for internet, which I've had to in the past. Um, so we just showed up and had a secure and a security card out the door. That was, you know, you have no idea how reassuring it is to have a security guard in the area where your broadcast stuff is and in an actual, it's not a super secure locked door, but it's a latch and, you know, someone's going to have to really bang the thing to get it open, but, um, or climb the wall, which, you know, that would be pretty obvious, but the, um, and I'm and I've been stuck. I've been stuck in the North Hall, Central South. I haven't been able to get over Sands. So Sands is where all these startups were. And we went to the Sands on Friday. I told Dan, I'm not going to be back. You're on your own all day. And um, I got into the Sands, and I'm a techie. My eyes get about this big because it is like, ta-da. Uh, is it like a candy store? It's, you know, my, my brain's exploding because, yeah, all these guys got, it's it's a classic story of what I've told time and time again. Guy's got a 10 by 10 booth. He's maxed out his credit card. He's a startup. He's trying to get funding. He's there with something cool. You you don't understand what the hell he's doing. And you, and you talk to him and you're like, oh my God, what you've got is amazing. And that was the place. And 600 of them. So on Saturday at 2.30, I had a interview with an actual CTA rep. Um, they always ask, and that's part of the, you know, it's a quid pro pro. They, they talk about the show, and, you know, they you know, they've give us this nice working space and internet, electricity, and all this, and, and a chairs to sit down, and that's a big thing. Um, the chairs alone, <laughs> you know, it's uh, there's never a place to sit at CES. So, um I went into the broadcast operations and I raised my hand <laughs> in my dramatic fashion. I said, attention, attention. I'm putting a bid in for Sands next year. I want to be in the broad. I want a 20 by 20 or a bigger room, the Sands next year. I'm telling you, we will go there. We will not leave. That's where we will stay. We will do uh, three to five hours of broadcasting every day. I'm bidding now. <laughs> <laughs> Early to the game there. Huh? Early to the game. And I said, I know it's early. Show's not even over, but I'm bidding next year for for Sands, you know, and I and, and I'm the kid that Sunday night I sent CTA an email, thank you for all your help, blah, blah, blah. And I'm bidding for Sands. So um we'll go next year and if I get Sands, which I'm gonna do everything I can to get it, uh, we'll work all the Sands exclusively. We won't leave. So, you know, for a podcaster, you know, the consumer electronics show is obviously geeks and gadgets, right? But every event, um, you do business, you do social media, you, whatever, whatever your stick is for your content, there's a trade show for you. And uh, go to that trade show the first year and walk the floor and, and interview people and build some street cred at that show and then go back the follow-on year and share that information with the trade show staff and work to get a, a comp to booth or a comp to an area to work or work with a company in their booth. There's, you know, 25 different ways. A lot of the guys were Chris Voss. He was uh, uh, working in a booth, and that's a great way, too. You piggyback on someone's bandwidth and Internet. You get a little table. Um, you do interviews from the table. You, you bring traffic to their booth because you've, you're advertising it. 
So there's a, you know, this is the way to grow audience. For me, this is the gift that keeps on giving all year. So what cool stuff did you see there, Todd? Oh my God, Rob. You know, it, it just, it just went on and on. I think the cool, you know, they try to bedazzle you and your, your brain literally explodes. So, um, in the LG booth, I, I put it up on Facebook. They had this incredible arc of monitors and they did this light show that was amazing. And, uh, that's an, in my Facebook page, I have to scroll down and see it, but it, it was probably the best display of the show. Also, this isn't even something that's going to be in our homes. It's more for retail. It was this holographic light. It was using, you know, have you ever seen those like cheap fans you buy and they spin and they say hello on them yeah. or something like that? Well, this yep. was taking it commercial. And how they did it, I don't know, but it was remarkable. And it, uh, they used eight fans in the, in the, the images were two and a half, three feet tall, rotating. It was a holographic image. It was just, it blew me away. And, and, there, and there was there was 100 people standing around the booth continuously looking at this thing. Um, so was it uh, like a, a fan that was, you know, like a bladed fan that was spinning really fast and they were projecting light onto it? Well, I I never saw them not spinning. So I don't know. I could never see if there was a blade or I, I, I be honest with you, Rob, I don't know how they did it. Oh, okay. it was something was spinning. It had to be some sort of a fan. Um, there's a link to the company. If you go down my Facebook, because you can't miss it. Cause I put three videos in one post, but it's there. Mm -hmm. But you know, let's just talk about in ear. You know, basically Oakley's going to be big. If you're a biker, you're a runner, uh, you know, the it's a, it's coaching within the actual, um, within the actual headset, uh, voice response, lots of drones. I mean, drones, 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 uh, VR, what else? Um, again, mixed reality, probably a lot of that. Lot there. Of, yeah. Some cool mixed reality. Yeah. Uh, the folks at video, uh, maker give a best of CS award to Roland for a, um, oh. and I see if I can put a picture of it here. Yeah. You can't see it. It's basically designed for artists, but it'll very easily work for podcasters. It's a, it's a little mini mixer, two-channel mini mixer powered by the iPhone. Um, that'll be out in March, 100 bucks. That's by Roland. That was pretty cool. It's called Go Mixer. Uh, so does it have multiple microphone inputs and it's, it's that got, kind of stuff? It's got two. It'll take two. Two, yeah. So um, it'll take two line-ins as well. That was, yeah, it's called, yeah, Go, Go Mixer, Audio Mixer for smartphones. Um, who else? Because I just took pictures of sometimes the stuff I just didn't want to cover. The Sony, um, you know, the shutterless cameras obviously have been big already. Um, and it's amazing what you can do now with a shutterless DSLR. Um, you know, a 4,000 like 4,000 frames a minute or something like that. It just, it's incredible what they've, they've got set up. Um, the, uh, Sony, let's see what's the model number on this. The Sony 6,500, beautiful camera, uh, really impressive. Um, what else? It's just, you know, uh, uh, they're working on televisions now for better look angles. 
Uh, oh, the yeah, I saw that there there was TVs now that are like almost paper thin now. Yeah, well, they're OLEDs. They've always been really thin. Uh, yeah. But so one thing I saw was a Steadicam by Tiffin. It's actually on a Kickstarter right now. They 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 funded, but it, it's not over. This might be worth getting into if someone's looking for a gyro controlled Steadicam for their iPhone. So. Oh, wow. And again, search on uh, search on uh, GoFundMe for Steadicam, um, and it's again, it's uh, it seemed to be pretty good. Steadicam Volt, I think, is what they're calling it. I got to play with it for a little bit, and uh, and it it seems to work real well. Um, there was a lot of robotics there this year. I saw a, a robot with a hot chick at the uh, booth making uh, cotton candy. So uh, she was just standing there hot, handing cotton candy. I told her, I said, if, if you're in the, you know, if this is the setup for a kiosk in a mall, I said, you're going to sell lots of cotton candy. Um, so <laughs> she was, she, she was, she was beautiful. I told her she was beautiful too. So when you see a beautiful woman, you have to just tell them they're beautiful. Um, I saw you probably a, already know it though. Tom. But you know what? Most guys are too chicken <laughs> shit. You know, you, you do it in a nice way. You know, oh, yeah. you, you yeah, don't you, don't be a yeah. You Jeep, don't want to be a creep. You don't right? want to be a jeepers creepers, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Got to be classy. About yeah, in in the Panasonic booth, this I'm really excited about. I talked to the lead engineer for 45 minutes, and they're just not thinking big enough. They have a language. So okay, he's Japanese. So I walk up. And I'm like, what's this language translation system? Really? Yes. So it was selected to Japanese. So I picked up the microphone. I said, Ohio gozaimasu. And it said in English to me, good morning. And then I was like, hmm, okay. Um, I told him, I said, uh, um, you, uh, I don't want you to speak conversation Japanese. I said, I want you to speak very technical Japanese, something that a normal foreigner who's learned conversation Japanese would have a hard time following. And, you know, I said, you need to talk, do this as if you were engineer to engineer talking to. Yeah. So I said, give me 30 seconds. So he did that in, in Japanese and it came out in English about uh, 96, 97% correct. And I was astounded. I showed this to my wife when I got home. I said, did this translate correctly on the other end? And she says, yeah, it was perfect. So it's the best language translation system I've ever seen from uh, Japanese to English. And it's obviously the Japanese made it, so it should be damn good. Um, but they're going to work on adding Vietnam, a Vietnamese, a, a Spanish, Fran French, um, Chinese, uh, both Mandarin and Cantonese, uh, what else? Thai as well. So they're going to add, and it's what it's designed for is it's now a B2B application. It'll be at a restaurant. It'll be, um, you, you, in a taxi cab. You, you, you're not, cause I told him my biggest problem in Japan is I get a taxi cab and I tell him an address and the, and the taxi cab driver like looks at me and like, where the hell did you just tell me to go? <laughs> Because it never comes out right. Yeah. You know, 
And if you get a little enunciation wrong on the street, you end up, you know, two miles from where you're supposed to be. So that was, and I told him, he says, you need to put this in app. Oh, much, much more processor power needed. I said, you need to get this in an app because I've seen these English Japanese translation programs and they don't work worth crap. This one worked. Yeah. So anyway, that it just, this kind of stuff, a lot of solar, a lot of green, uh, you, you, you know, the appliances, man, oh man, if you're going to be in, in the market for a new refrigerator or dishwasher in the coming uh, next couple of years, you can have some great options. Um, Alibaba. So what you hear about, uh, um, you know, like audio systems in the cars and Alexa, you know, did you spend time with those folks? I don't. And just because it's not my forte, but I did spend, um, some time at Ford and, uh, Uh their sync three platform, uh, integrated with Alexa. So that, that's going to be a, it's, it's going to come to their app link first uh, via the phone and then uh from app link into sync three and you'll be able to uh, the example was um uh alexa uh find me a grocery store and not google find me a grocery store not siri find me a grocery not cortana find me a grocery store alexa find me a grocery store and then Alexa's going to find a grocery store and, and you'll be able to write on the screen then in sync three, be able to click destination and, and it's, it's tied in. So, um, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for the Alexa, uh, I, yeah. around podcasting yeah. this, this year, I think this time next year, it's going to be about a pretty significant, um, contributor to listening to podcasts, I believe. So one thing that was cool that CES had popped up all over the place, and I should have posted this, it was these little, like, booths. People could go and they called them selfie booths. They could go in and do a little video. Um, and they were sprung up all over the place. It's just a little, you walk along and bam, there's a room you can walk into, get away from the noise of the show and do a, do a video or do a selfie or do an interview. But I, you know, I looked at uh, the Engadget, I looked at uh, Digital Trends, I looked at their big, beautiful, C- the CNET, the big, beautiful booth. Matter of fact, I was kind of uh, dogging on them a little bit. Uh, I posted some stuff to Facebook. If they're you, empty. They're empty. They're doing like an hour, two hours live. Millions yeah. of dollars being spent. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, Podcasters would never allow that to happen. We'd go there and we'd be there end to end. <laughs> we'd get every every penny we could out of that. It just they're they're, gone, they're spoiled. They're spoiled babies. Yeah, yeah. They great great content, and, and they had oh my god, beautiful two two tricasters, two four, uh, uh not even eight sixties. I think four thousands. Two of them in because the, I peeked my head in the back room. The guy says, you're not supposed to look in here. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get my camera up to get a picture, but they slammed the door on me. But, you know, it was it was like, you know, there's 100,000 and just two systems, you know. I, I uh, Yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I mean, a lot of those people, uh, you know, want to do other things at the event, not just well, broadcast. They got, they got so. 30 people yeah. there, you yeah. know. So... Yeah. We've talked a lot about, about CES, but here's the thing that I need the podcasters to understand. You've been listening to the show for a while. You know, you've, you know this already, but 
these re- this year I went to do relationships. So here are my new vendor relationships. And these are CEO, CIO, um, development lead. These are the people that I went to talk to and to get relationships with. Because in the past, I would come home with 10 bags this size, and 90% of them would be PR people. Um, I actually walked from a booth because I was trying to get handled, and I said, no, I'm not talking to the PR person. I'm going to talk to the engineer or the person beside this. So I actually left uh, left the booth. I asked a question in a booth, and I was directed to go talk to the PR people. I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to ask a question, whereas, and it was a selfie drone, whereas if you, if I didn't have the press badge on, they would have answered my question. So, um, and I, I got that on Facebook, by the way. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's about building, so what I'll go do this year is we'll put those videos up, we'll talk to them, we'll stroke their egos, say, hey, your video's up, make sure you press people. Now put link back to your site, to my video, or here's the embed, put it on your site by yourself. And uh, I may have only done uh, 60 videos, but those will generate, you know, average we do about 200, we get about 60 million views. So if I get 10, 15 million views out of those 60 videos, I'd be happy. And then, the rest of this year will work to I'm going to make some there's someone in the stack doesn't know it yet but someone in the stack is going to become a sponsor of Tech Podcast Network or Geek News Central they don't know it yet but they will be they will be hey have you thought about taking the 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 audio out of some of that stuff and putting it out in, in an audio feed you know I've never put we've never broke it out it's it's something to consider it's such a visual medium there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, I do a special feed. I don't drop this in my podcast feed. I have a separate feed. It's called special media feed, and that's what I dump it to. Did you do any of the end-of-the-day wrap-up stuff like you used to do? You know, good intentions. <laughs> so my end-of-the-day wrap-up stuff was the walkthroughs. Yeah. Is the overview okay. walkthroughs, yeah, thirty to gotcha. forty-five minutes of walkthrough, and so you, you, do you know how hard it is to walk, talk, and um, direct a gyro-based camera that sometimes you forget it, once you're pointing at it, and you make a move. It's designed to stay where you're where, where you are looking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a little fun with uh, with that. It's a complicated uh, juggle, it sounds like, to try and... Yeah, and then and, and then still, like, like, talk and walk and, you know, not crash and... Yeah, it was, yep. it was fun. Yep. But, you know, I tell you what, you want to make, make 400 grand at CES? You buy a 10 by 20 booth, you bring in 10 chairs, you bring in 10... You don't even have to bring in reflexologists. You find some, somebody that need, wants some, a part-time job and just have massage feet. 20 bucks for 10 minutes... <laughs> Get get really really thick pad in your booth too, right? Oh, uh, that's a secret too. Here's a trade. Here's a trade show secret, and don't and trust me. This is what to do: double padding on top of your below your carpet. You always yeah. order double padding, so when people walk into your booth, they go, 
Uh oh, Todd. It's true. It's the God's truth. <laughs> getting getting people to do that on your podcast is dangerous. <laughs> Paul says I have the Osmo Mobile and it works great with the iPhone Seven. You know the 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 Osmo Mobile is too big. It's too big. It's just it's yeah it works great, but it's too big. It's just massive. And yeah. uh, I have one, and I didn't use it. It 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 looks like this three foot, you know. It, it's just too big. The Osmo with the camera built on it is compact enough. It works well. But anyway, let's 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 talk. Golly, we've been sorry. We've been talking way too much about CES. A little bit of news. Well, everybody wants to know because you spend a week and a half down there, and yeah. a lot of a lot of cool stuff were was kind of announced out of there. You know, yeah, I mean, a lot. A lot, yeah. and, you know, the, the <laughs> if you're ever going to exhibit too, you always send the press the the your announcements. If you're going to do an underbargo two weeks before the show, the morning the show started, I had how many emails do you think I got in three hours? I would think you got a couple hundred, probably. Oh, oh, rock! There's forty four hundred vendors. Oh, so how many oh. emails, press emails, do you think I got in the first three hours of the show? Probably 4,400. 1,200 emails. Okay, so I'm at the show on the floor, and you're emailing me when the show just opened. Are you stupid? You know, email email me two weeks before so I can have it in the queue. We had about 20 articles ready. There's no way you can spread time going through all that stuff. It just gets deleted. Yeah. The whole yeah. stack, it's, you, you don't yeah. even, you don't even read it. Matter of fact, yeah. you're pissed because you have to select all, delete, select all, delete, select all. You know, it, 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 it pisses you off because it just fills your yeah. in and set up a separate email, not your primary email, but everyone knows my primary email. So they slam that. Yeah, yeah. it's true. <clears throat> well, you want to. Talk about Paul, some Paul, stuff I, in the podcasting space. Hang on a second, Paul. I have it. I'm telling you, I have the Osmo for the mobile. It's too big. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, and if you want to show the the Osmo, I'm not sure that everybody oh, knows. Oh, it's what not, you're talking about. Yeah, I can show it on on a on a screen. It's not. Yeah. Uh, no, that's fine. Yeah. So let me. Uh, DJI. Yeah, it's like a Steadicam type camera, right? Yeah. And there's a bunch yeah. of these out now. They have two kinds. Oh, come on. There we go. So what would you recommend a podcaster use those for? Or why? This is why only you if you're going to be walking and moving a lot. A lot. But okay. if you're just doing some video, your, your, your cell phone works fine. Let's see here. Oh, wrong button. I can't see it real well. Yeah, I remember when you got this. I, I you got this. I think it was like you've had it almost a year, haven't you? Yeah, I've had it a while, and I haven't used it too yeah. much. So there's a, in the one that Paul's chatting about in the series here is the Osmo Mobile. This is the one that he's talking about. So for those that are listening to this, the the, the Osmo is basically a 
Steadicam. It's like a, st- like a cam with a, yeah. was it a 4K capable yeah. video camera on yeah. it? Yeah, 4K. And so it has this handle that you just hold on to. And it has like this kind of this arm that comes up and attaches to the camera. Yeah. So it's got that, that steady camera type of mount to it. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, you know, and I just, when you're traveling and you're trying to do, you, you're packing out your backpack, you're trying to keep the weight off. And, um, the Osmos was, is short and it's un, you know, basically when it's in its secure position and the mobile one is much longer when you actually have it secured for transport. So for yeah. me, you know, when it's operational, it compacts down a little bit, but it's, to me, it's, I just didn't like the mobile one. I've got it. Didn't use it. But anyway, it, uh, and, and there's a whole bunch of these out now that are so available. You, so you attach your, your iPhone to a separate mount that's next to it? Yeah, and you, basically, it, it the iPhone's right off to the side, and then you control the streaming software right from there. Okay, so okay, yeah, and it's, so if you've used, where it, is the uh, the actual mobile wireless connection? It's is between that? the handset and the phone, so it actually has a wire. You actually connect wirelessly to the to the Osmo itself. Okay, so it uses like a Wi-Fi technology yeah, to communicate yeah. to it. Yeah, okay. just sync with via Wi-Fi, and then you can still stream. You have to use your, and I was just using my mobile. I was stream. This is what was pushing the stream. What? Oh, oh, was your iPhone? Yeah, the okay. iPhone pushes the stream. So they have a, a Facebook Live. It's the DJI app. If you if you if you ever done a DJI drone, it's the same exact app, just for the camera. So, but it works. So out. Do you have any slick. issues with your connection at CES? Uh, Self induced. Um, I pressed stop a couple of times accidentally on the, the live a couple of times, but the, but as far as bandwidth goes, was they, it, they have got, they have got, uh, the convention center dialed in they have really? new, wow. new bandwidth issues, uh, Cox and the uh, mobile providers, everyone was complimenting. I mean, it was, it was just like being in a non-event. Cause that hasn't always been the case. No, no. And it's, it's, it continued to, you know, five years ago, it, even five years ago, it was better, but yeah, no issue. They bring in extra towers and everything. So, um, you know, 177,000 people masked. They're all online. It's, uh, it, that's a lot of capacity that yeah, they have to bring in to be able yeah, to support that. Cause yeah. that's a fairly small area to have all those people. Yep. And in my booth, I had 15 up, 15 down, which is plenty for streaming. So that stayed solid the whole time too. So. Uh, Cox mm-hmm. has done an incredible job over there wiring the convention center at a cost. Normally, if I had to pay for it, that'd have been a, you know, a twelve hundred dollar, thirteen hundred dollar visa charge for four days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've started to to use my phone for for doing live streaming too at events. I'm, I'm. I'm less likely to buy, you know, a wired connection at a conference now. I'll just do any kind of live streaming that I'm doing right through my my data plan on my phone. Well, uh, one thing that uh, here's the key to doing your mobile. Your mobile phone is completely capable. I mean, it's it's a great streaming device. Stability is the issue. So, like, you know, you can buy the Osmo Mobile, or there's yeah. other products out there. Um, 
that's $309 to buy that base. Um, as uh, someone was saying, it'll work on Android too. But the key is the audio. People will forgive choppy video. They won't forgive bad audio. So you just can't use this in a big noisy area. So you got to have something to wire up so that you get good audio. That's the key. So how did you actually do that? Uh, on on the um, Osmo, the Osmo has a um, a separate audio in jack, so I didn't have the mm-hmm. trouble with the TRSS on the mobile phone. So I just basically um, used one of my wireless kits. So I had to put a lavalier on and uh, had a wireless transmitter, and I wore the receiver right on my same. And I had wore the, you know, if I, 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 I probably could have just done the lavalier straight into the, um, into the actual. Uh, um, uh, Osmo, but I wanted to make sure I had some control over audio levels mm-hmm. and, uh, and an amplifier as well. So um, that's a way there's, you know, there's 50 ways to skin a cat when it comes to wiring up audio into the Osmo because they've got a, a mini jack input where the Mevo doesn't, you know, and I saw the Mevo folks and the reason I was dogging on them is they didn't offer to help me out of my situation. They, they were willing to take a picture of my rig with the Mevo on it, but they, they weren't willing to help me with my issue. They know they've got a problem. So um, it was so dumb of them. You, so how did you handle the the microphone for the interviewer or the, the interviewee that you were talking to? Did you have a, a second mic that you oh, worked with? On, on the Mevo, um, when I was using the Osmo, I was only doing walkthroughs. I did no interviews on the Osmo. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so we used the, my standard rig with the Canon ADD and the D, a, a wireless setup in a wireless oh, microphone. Oh, yeah. okay. I was, no. I was sorry. I got the wrong impression that that, no. that was your only camera. No, that you no, were using no. That Osmo okay. was only for walkthroughs. Yeah. Okay. So, so that camera was probably on a pole or on a tripod or something like that. The ADD. Oh yeah. On a tripod, yeah. 15 yeah. pounds of, uh, in, in a cage too. So yes, 15 pounds of, uh, post show shoulder ache. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've carried one of those around before. You know, you try to buy the cheap, yeah. the the lightest tripods and everything, but by the time you, you get a light, you get a wireless, you get uh, you know everything. You just they just get heavy. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah, because you're. I mean, you're literally walking miles with those miles, things. Miles, miles. Yeah. yeah. And then the, you know, I was carrying a backpack most of the time. So next year, I'm going. Here's what I'm going to do next year. If we don't do the live thing, I'm going to hire Isaiah. If you're up for it, he, he's going to come again. <laughs> He's a, young, he's a young guy, and I'm going to hire another person to do social media. I'm going to hire another person that's just going to walk with me, and I'll say, let's go, let's go quick live on Facebook on this and let them do tweeting, let them do the, the two-minute clips, the, all the stuff that I had to stop and do while I was trying to look at stuff. So I'm going to hire a second person next year to bring with me. And, and that sounds a good idea if you're trying to do, especially if you're doing live. Yeah, yeah. and, and that, that uh, second person will carry the backpack, so the only thing I have to carry is the mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, it, and I'm 52, guys, so um, it sucks humping and walking that far. <laughs> oh, you're still a young whippersnapper. Yeah, okay. You, <laughs> you walk with all that gear every day, and, and, and the Vegas dragon sucking the water out of you because of it's you know the desert and ah oh, that's I, had to, I, I took my vitamins i didn't take enough 
Let's let's yes. talk about some movement and podcast personnel. This is what people are here to hear about. Are they now? Well, yeah. I, there's a study that came out from Bridge Ratings. Too. Oh, let's talk about that. Too. Yeah, send me a link to that. What 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 did Bridge Ratings have to say? Because I didn't read it. So what did they say? Well, they're they're calling 2017 a breakthrough year for podcasting. A breakthrough year, and what yep. what evidence they have? This is going to be the breakthrough year. Well, they well they were down there with you at CES, and they talked to a lot of uh, a lot of people at the event about what was happening in the podcasting space. They talked to people think, at CES about that. I guess they huh. they did some some hallway intercepts. Oh, that's cool. And so, yeah. what was the what was the conclusions? Well, uh, well, we can we can run through them. I haven't sent you the actual article, uh, but. But that might be helpful for you to to have. So let me send that over to you really quick. Are you sending it via um, Slack or? Uh, I can send it. Um, do you want it by Gmail? That'll work. Okay. We're really just... organized here, folks. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what's that that's our sh- that's our shtick here, right? Yeah. We are. We just pull pull the microphones in front of our mouths and we turn on the webcams and we just go. Yeah. There's no planning behind this show <laughs> at all. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. We just get up here and talk. This is like if you were to join us at Starbucks, Yeah, you know, we just would sit here and hopefully, uh, Makes not sense. bore you to death. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and hopefully your internet connection is fast, which mine is struggling cause I'm streaming video. So, um, <laughs> you're getting that little, you getting a little spin uh, by Gmail. It's basically giving you a spin, yeah, saying, uh, "Yeah, I it's can't like do this, this uh, bar that's go, going across my screen that's uh, uh, creeping." I probably so, could, I probably could uh, search for it, Bridge Ratings Podcast. Yeah, it's it's right on the front page. It's just bridgeratings.com. All right, so you can. You can get to it. All right. So go ahead and continue to, uh, as I'm bringing it up here. Oh, there we go. Podcasting potential. That one's much easier than Gmail. It's the, okay. Thank you. Yeah, there we go. Uh, It's the article 2017 uh, podcasting's breakthrough year. Oh, okay. That's the one. Because he's got another one there too. Because Dave, Dave, I guess, did the study uh, based on what he learned at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las oh, Vegas. Okay. So technology so, this year, technology will be available this year that will reduce the three most problematic issues which have limited podcasting's potential. Oh, ease of use, simple but powerful search capabilities, consumption metrics for revenue generation. Those have been missing, Rob? I, well, I think the <laughs> devil's in the details here. So I, I think if you were just to look at those right there, I think you would um, probably not see the, the light quite as much. It, um, e- ease of use is, I think we can get easier, but I wouldn't say it's cumbersome um, to get a podcast these days. I still think that there's a percentage of people that struggle to know how to do it. It's just because they just don't know how to do it. Um, and then simple but powerful search capabilities, uh, the, the search is – we started talking about um, Alexa voice search is what they're talking about okay. here. Um, not uh, traditional Google search because certainly 
that's as powerful as it's ever been. Yeah. So, uh, consumption metrics for revenue generation, I think, uh, that's getting handled, uh, and has been mostly handled for quite a while now. Right. So, um, but I'm not sure that that's his entire angle here, but uh, let's just, the devil's in the details here, Todd. Okay. He mentions a company that no one even knows in the podcasting space that continues to try to break out too. So I'm not even going to mention their name because it looks to me they may. You're not going to help them? <laughs> no, because they are, it, it, it smells of someone being paid. Um, anyway, oh, okay. so let me go back here. So podcasting potential on 12 plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our pod, podcasting shows larger group than last year. It's the podcasting potential study here. Yeah. Mm. All right. So the, it does appear, based on his study, that um, it's a declining percentage of people that um, have no interest in podcasting. So year over year, it's becoming less and less and less of a no interest situation. It's down to 48% huh. okay. uh, in 2015, August, 2015, it was 64%. So it's dropping pr fairly quickly from 64 to 48 in uh, what a year and a half or so. You know, the thing here that bothers me is maybe I run in the wrong circles. Unless somebody is completely a technological desert so I guess that may be the best way to say it i don't run into anyone now that doesn't know what a podcast is or listen to podcasts I, yeah well you know it's a it's a little bit of a loaded question right have no interest in podcasting is quite different than um are they aware of podcasting? right so that's you know. let's ask that question are you aware of podcasting yes have you listened to a podcast no that that's that's black and white yeah, there's a few other areas in here, and let me just say I I asked Dave Van Dyke, who's the creator of this, to join us on the show today, and he was on an airplane uh, this morning, okay. so he couldn't join us to to shed some light on this because um, it does. I mean, if in fact these this is true, what is being presented here, I I, I think it bodes well for the medium. Um in the, the direction that things are, are, are moving to, you know, yeah. more people listening is what we want. Reason for not listening. 27% don't just doesn't have the patience or time to seek out audio program. They believe is available elsewhere. Uh, all technicism move forward. 48% of the sample said they have no interest in podcasts or have not yet listened or still unsure as to how to find a podcast of the 30% who have ever listened to a podcast as of 2016. Study almost a quarter, twenty four point three, found that podcasts they did listen to either boring, too long, and rambling, or the hosts have were not very good communicators. Okay, back up and really think about that. It's uh, not what it appears to be when you think about it, because what that says is almost a quarter found the podcast that they did listen to to be boring. Okay, <laughs> it's not that they're saying that twenty four percent are not listening to podcasts because they're boring. Right. That 33% <laughs> found them boring. Ah. Too long rambling or the host, which <laughs> communicates to me, not what they're trying to say here, which communicates to me that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. If 
if they want the content, if they connect with it, they'll listen to it, whether or not it's boring or long or rambling or not. Yeah. And sit in 76% of the 33% are, they think that the quality of the content and podcasts is terrific. Okay. Obviously. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So I don't see where the big downside is here. Yeah. Me neither. So oh. anyway. Okay. So, uh, this ought to be interesting podcast advertising spend based on increased Based on increasing interest by the public, reduced friction to search and access and access podcasts and interviews with 25 national regional advertising agencies, Bridge Ratings projects 27% ad spend growth in the podcasting universe in 2017, with the total 2017 spend nearly $250 million. I bet it's higher than that already. Yeah, the forecast for ad spends, if you uh, look out a little bit further, um, the projections as of um, January 2017 show um, year 2017 it to be 243, so 250 million. Uh, 2018, 320 million. Uh, 19, 415 million. And uh, 2020, 540 million. Well, we'll so see. Half, half a billion dollar industry. Yeah, we need to get to a billion. Billions, yeah. billions, the threshold that uh, will really, that's, that's, but I bet you were, I bet you were beyond 250 million at this point. I just can't imagine that we're not. So yeah. we'll see. This is what they're, that's what they're projecting. So you think that we're on a faster track than even what this study is showing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, it, you know, this year will be a, we've already talked about on the show, but the programmatic stuff, once we, once we get, uh, that figured out and how to bring the CPMs in, right. That'll things will go straight North. It'll be a huge trajectory, but, uh, it's yeah. the CPMs have to, to grow. Um, well, and the, the ad business just in general has to evolve a little bit more before that's going to fully expand too. the, yeah. the advertisers, have to create um, audio advertising that uh, fits with the medium. I still find this one a little interesting here. He's got the podcast list, current listening and intent to listen by generation for 2017. Let's see if I can make this bigger. So they say that um, projected 2017 boomers 30%, Gen X 35%, millennials around 23%, Gen Z around 20. I, I it's just hard to find that Gen Z number being 20%. That to me, you know, the millennials maybe they're getting older, but the Gen Z folks, I my kids not, you know, I don't have a a Gen Zer in the I have a Gen Zer in the house and he's not listening to podcasts. So let's be clear. What's the age group of a Gen Zer? <sighs> let me Z, get the official. Let me get the official age limit. But I think it's like twelve to seventeen. Let's see here. Gen Z. What is it? Gen Z. Oh man, there's a Gen Z. Yeah, I think it's a twelve to seventeen. Yeah, I think so. But I think. I don't. I don't know where they've split the millennials. 
Yeah, I would tend to think that that Gen Z number would be more in the five to ten okay. percent range. Here, Gen Z is a post-millennial. Okay, Gen Z. There are no precise dates for when Gen Z starts or ends, but typically starts using their birth year that range from mid nineteen nineties to early two thousand. So, um, so kids that are. Uh, 15 yeah yeah 15 to uh as much as 25 but i think that 20. gets into the millennials well if yeah if you get into the the mid-20s and up you're into the millennials yeah so you know it's it's probably it's probably more likely i, I consider my 13 year old gen z so 13 to you know it takes 13 to 20 they're not listening but you know they're projecting they're they're listening i don't know it um, that i well, it's a content question too, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's true. Is there more content being produced that will appeal to that that demographic? I I don't know. Uh, oh, I, I'm I'm he, seeing more content that appeals to millennials, but I, I I'm not necessarily seeing a lot of new content that would cater to uh, the the younger than millennials group. It helps if you read the article, uh, Rob. Uh, he generates Gen Z as 12 to 17. He says it's all about the yeah. device. The younger you are, the more attached you are to the device. On-demand content is the everything, no matter what they're consuming. Younger demos are consuming on, the first, on their terms. True. Shared content is important. Not only do millennials like to share, they like to... He's back to talking about... He's got millennials and Gen Zers intermixed here, but, you know, we're all connected. It's It's... No one's, it's, it, you look at head down in devices. We're all in our devices. So yeah. even older people. Um, so he thinks it's going to be a breakout year. Great. I, I hope so. I mean, he's, it's up all, all across the board. Yeah. And now, um, they did conclude the boomer generation. So the boomer generation right now, about 30% of the boomers. I don't know if that's, if this is the percent, I don't, this doesn't tell me if it's, let me do the math here, 30 plus 35, that's 65, plus about 25. Yeah, that doesn't, there's more than 100% here. So, yeah. 20, 45, yeah, more than, so the, the boomers, in my opinion, are still some of the hugest portion of the audience. And the people don't like to say that. They, it's something, I don't know. Boomers have got the money. Who's got yeah. money? Boomers have got money. And boomers are listening to podcasts. But it's but it's weird how the the advertisers always want to cater to the younger yeah. end of the spectrum. And the only real reason that they want to cater to that group, is, and from my understanding of the marketing business, is, is because they are looking for future customers. Um they're trying to maintain their their brands in, in the future uh, as well as make sales today so they figure that they will that the boomers and the gen x is will follow the what the millennials like because the um, older people want to be younger people so you know it's it's one of those kind of things that the the younger generation tends to lead trends that then has an influence over the older generations hmm Interesting. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but yeah, the boomers and Gen Xers are definitely making up the bulk today, the huge bulk of the of the audience. Yeah. Let's see here. They 
the interview from 11-1 to 12-16 and from 1-2 to 1-7, 2,700 people, ages 12 and over, through a national random digital dialing process in addition to online surveys, phone calls, by focus groups with a combined total sample of 54 persons of 18 plus were conducted during CES to determine opinions and reactions to new technologies. Revenue projections are based on a combination of podcast consumption projections determined through their function field studies and telephone and online interviews and questionnaires. So, well, that's, you know, it's cool. I hope we have a great year. I, I'll be honest with you. Um, and I probably shouldn't say this. We had our biggest sales week ever last week. The biggest number of new customers uh, for a single week came in last week. So there is still... You know, in the new year, we'll always see a surge, but um, yeah. it, it, it it's bigger than normal for uh, the past week. I, I don't know if it was a fluke, but it was a big week, big, big, big sales week for us. So, um, and some, and, and also there, we're seeing some surge, uh, surge times on listeners too, for people that are looking at health shows and lose weight shows and better your body shows, all that stuff you expect to see to, to explode after the new year. Yeah. I also taught like the, the chart that's in here, reasons to like podcasting. Did you look at that one a little bit? Uh, Yeah. If you scroll up a little bit, uh, well, one of the top reasons that people like podcasting is that it prevents boredom. (laughs) Prevents (laughs) boredom. So you, yeah. So you have to project that one across the the earlier air thing that we were talking about about twenty four percent of of people um, um, listen to podcasts and they think that they're they're boring, but they still listen to them. But I think the key thing is here: reasons to like podcasting. The important areas were great source of information. Ding ding. Time shifting. We're all trained to do time shifted listening. Ding ding. Yep. Cultural awareness, uh, uh, yeah, that's good. Get it. Cultural awareness, I get it. Portability, of course. Yeah. Introduces to new ideas, of course. Of course. But I love this. Yeah, prevents boredom. <laughs> and I'm I'm not sure that I get the prefer to music. I don't get that part. either. Oh, they prefer it to music. Oh, they they like it over music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and no uh, need to read. Well, that's probably true too. So a lot of my audience tunes in. They don't have time to read the news. That's a big part of my show. That's part of my tech show. Why people tune in? They want me to give them the. They give me the Reader's Digest version of what's going on in the tech world. Or they they have bad bad eyesight. Who knows? Well, you know, oh that. Right? Speaking of bad eyesight, some pretty cool vision impaired stuff at CES too. Health tech is going to be massive. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Health tech is huge. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, this is cool. Um, interesting. And I think all this stuff we know. So, but that pre- prevents boredom. That's a new one. That's <laughs> <laughs> <was> awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very good. All right. Yeah. Um, you know, so. Now for the dirt. The dirt. <laughs> um. My good friend Sarah Van Mosel's got a new job. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say good friend. My my my, my, acquaintance, 
We're not good friends. We're acquaintances. It's not fair to say good friends. My acquaintance, well, Sarah Van Mosel. Yeah. Um, she's, she's got a got new the, job. So where did she go? Where from to who? I I believe she went to uh, another podcasting company that's connected with uh, public radio. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah. right? Yeah, P, you know it. Uh, it's a consulting company that's working with PRX. Yeah. Let me, uh, I gotta, what's the name of the company? I can't remember. Well, it's a company that is, they're doing, they're new. There's, I've never heard of them before, but they're apparently doing, yeah. all right, where's it at? Where's it at? Where's it at? Uh, uh, if you go to Rain News. Yeah, it's on Rain News. I'm looking for the, that's what I was looking for was the link. I got it here. So it's a PRX market. She's working at Market Ingenuity. Yeah. Well, Todd. Before we dive okay. into that, let's yeah. make sure everybody knows who Sarah Van Mosel is and why we're talking about her. Yeah, so um, go ahead. She's the former kind of sponsorship business um, management person that worked at WNYC for many years and yep. really kind of built the WNYC monetization platform. Um, and she is a huge proponent of dynamic ad insertion. Pushing pushes the, the the envelope on how to use that technology for targeting and and as an advocate for a lot of the things that we talk about this show too um, of creating host reads that are used in dynamic insertion platforms. So she's a strong advocate of some of the same things that we we talk about on this show quite often. And more um, and, and curiously, she had left WNYC. To go to work for ACAST. ACAST, which is a huge, well, they say they uh, are. They, I don't know how huge they are, well, Okay, they are, okay, I shouldn't use the word. They are a <laughs> ad injection company, podcast ad, yeah, podcast ad injection company, um, and she went over there about a year ago, if I remember correctly. And now yeah, she was flying around the world. She was like going to to Sweden and stuff because yeah. her company was is based out of Sweden. So in some ways, I thought she, she was copying me by going going to work for a European podcasting company. So you could go on trips to Europe. No, just kidding. So now she's <laughs> gone from Acast. Dun dun dun. dun, dun, dun. What dun, does that mean? Dun dun. And she's moved over to market. She's basically going home to mom. That's what she's doing. She's going back to the public, public radio. radio. So that's yep. you know that's probably a good thing for the uh, all the PRX folks. So, uh, but the bigger question I have, you know, Rob, we talked about this a little bit last year. Or you know, is this the uh, telltale signs of uh, some uh, consolidation or retraction of some companies in the market? I think it's it's a possibility, yeah. I mean, it it does raise some questions about some of these newer companies and their their business models. I think we've said on this show many times that we th we think that the market is really crowded with um, yeah too many companies ad ad technology companies right now. Yeah, yeah. So here's something that's interesting, and and there's a name here that's big in this list where she's went to some market. Ingenuity, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, operates an interesting business model, hiring and managing embedded sales forces and client stations and groups. 
The client portfolio currently includes 16 stations, including WAMU, Washington, D.C., KCRW, Los Angeles, and according to EVP, Harry Clark. Harry Clark's a big name in, uh, in radio land. Because the yeah. sales teams are embedded and branded by the station, the market ingenuity brand is perhaps not known as well as it should be. In addition to PRX development and connected to it, the company announced that Sarah Van Wells has joined market ingenuity as the company's chief podcast sales and strategy officer. So, um, while she was most recently chief commercial officer at ACAST, she spent several years, of course, in your public radio, blah, blah, blah. So, um, Sarah's a very serious person in this space. And, uh, so oh, yeah. where she goes, people should watch a little bit. Um, so yeah. And if you want to hear her talk about what, what she does, actually, I've had her on my speaker live show before. So if you scroll through the old episodes, um, there you'll find conversations I've had with her about her perspective on things. Um, she's, she's a, a pretty, pretty progressive thinker about how to use dynamic ad insertion. She's a dynamic personality. She's Ivy educated, Ivy league educated, um, so yep. uh she's a very sharp woman and um so excited to see what's going to happen with her. Yeah. Um agreed. Yep. So but it's uh, not doesn't spell good news for Acast. No, if if Sarah left that probably doesn't uh Sarah wasn't able to to do what she does best over there to to the uh, scale that she's used to doing it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be safe to say. Yeah. Anybody in the show using Acast? Love to hear from you. Give me some inside juice. Um. You, you know. And and I think you know what we've what, what there was one you know one company's been kind of quiet too recently, not making a lot of news. Maybe it's the New Year's, but I'm just uh, I'm gonna watch what happens this year because uh, you know the the even though the advertising space is growing, it's still a limited number of advertisers with an, with a not infinite amount of money for budget. So, you know, you spread the cracker, you know, 25 different ways. Um, you know, someone's going to, you know, mid rolls, obviously taking a big chunk of cash out of advertisers. And, you know, there's, there's a number of companies that are doing that. Um, I'm sure podcast one is getting a huge number of huge number of dollars. Of course, we're not hearing a lot about them either. Um, but I know there was something they were in. They the had news. a deal that they announced just this last week, um, uh, a deal with Forbes. <clears throat> and I know Norm was trying to work with Forbes, even when I was there, um, trying to do, do a deal with them. And, and he, he has this bent on wanting to do kind of business podcasts. So he's, he's had that for a long time. Most of the business podcasts that he was involved in um, never went anywhere and never did did much because, yeah. I mean, and I felt this way to some degree too that it's just not a genre that's going to scale to right. where he wants to scale. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, but that may be different doing a deal with Forbes too. Forbes yeah. has been able to maintain a pretty strong brand in the business marketplace. Um, probably has as many people following them as anybody. Yep. Um, so if there was a shot at having a podcast relationship with a uh, with a business brand, it'd probably be Forbes. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Slack is uh, doing some podcasting as well. So you know, I'm a 
I'm a big Slack user. Um, I, it's changed the way we communicate with our yeah. business. But um, really, what does that really mean? And they're just capitalizing on podcasting's renaissance. You know, yeah. they're they're doing some content. So, you know, just another company that's out there doing uh, and doing some shows, which is smart. So, but it's not like they're, no, they're supporting no, no, podcasts no, no. in the Slack no. platform. No, no. Right. No. So it's just a content marketing thing that they're doing. Yeah. So, you know, that's smart on their part. So you guys sure. made an announcement, something you guys announced for your, your speaker revenue sharing program. What's the story with that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's basically um, our first kind of rollout. It, it's a beta right now of um, basically enabling shows to set up an account. Um, on our platform, it's really easy. You just go in and you basically enable it and, and you set up a bank account and we will, um, run pre-roll spots against your shows on the speaker platform. It's not going to go into downloads and it doesn't, it's not playing on our website yet. It's only in our apps right now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's basically an opt-in, um, by show, uh, up level it's only like i said it's only pre-roll and the spots are usually less than 30 seconds and it's a it's um, in the app only at this point you said it's in the speaker podcast radio app for android and ios okay. and in our our web players our our embeddable web players so you're not only, you're not splicing it you're not splicing it in with the downloads then no it's Actually, these these pre rolls are not even um, even getting integrated in with any media oh, files. Okay, they're only it's, playing just prior, right. and then the episode will start. That, so that's it's cool. a it's more of a streaming thing than yeah. it is a dynamic insertion still, thing at this point. Still, there's an opportunity there. So awesome. Well, it's the first step towards you know Todd doing like you know a lot like we've talked about yeah. is trying to enable small podcasters to start earning some money from their shows. Yeah. Huh. It's going to get better and, and eventually we'll have that mid-roll insertion capability and, and the pre-roll insertion capability and downloads. Yep. So. Well, podcasters can start paying their hosting costs and make some money. So I was reading a newsletter by a certain podcaster or a certain writer that never talks about anything east of like Boston and uh or west of boston yeah maybe yeah. that's even true yeah it doesn't talk of anything west of boston but very lacking in info so he's run into maybe he needs to expand his uh his uh his outlook on the space a little bit because he's definitely not getting enough news out of the <laughs> east coast it's been pretty pretty dry for him so you're you're talking about uh, who? He, he, he who shall not be named. <laughs> <laughs> he starts giving some, he starts we giving. We are so inside the ballpark, Todd. You gotta. Well, you know, we're talking about Nick Qua. And Nick never talks about anybody besides the public radio space and the That's small true. number of companies in New York. And he, he can't seem to see outside that bubble. Well, I think he did mention uh, Art. Art 19 here recently. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there because I want to say something, you know, I'm just like something that probably wouldn't be appropriate. And they, they, they talk to people. Yeah, exactly. They talk to press people. They talk to, they don't talk to the community, you yeah. know? Oh my God. It's funny. They got the secret sauce. 
do. <laughs> so um, it's it's right around the corner. We're going to be heading to Podfest here directly. I know it's coming up pretty pretty quick, and then the NRB and AB oh, NRB. Yeah, 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 yeah. NRB. Yeah, yeah. But they're, uh, they're back to back conferences in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm staying. I'll be at Podfest. I'm I'm not staying for NRB. So uh, and we're gonna do our retreat in between the two days in between. <laughs> we're gonna do our we're gonna do our retreat where we plan out uh, 2017. Actually, I already know what we're doing for 2017 because we didn't get everything we needed to get done in 2016. And I'm hired- so. Are you staying at the same same hotel as uh, the the podcast? Yeah, we're staying right. I think okay. I, Barry made the arrangements. I don't know. Where I'm, I'm just showing up. So. You're just showing- <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm staying there the whole time, even for the NRB event. I'm staying oh, in the okay. same hotel, so I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I, to be honest with you, I don't know where they're going. If they're staying there the whole time or what, I I, I know what day I'm getting there and what day I'm leaving. Um, but uh, it, it should be a good event. It's it's a the Podfest uh, event is still a little inside baseball event for those. It's you know the speaker list is pretty centralized around their core group that have been there the year before. I'm not speaking at all, so I'm just yeah, showing. I'm, I'm just showing up. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a panel down there. I mean, see, you got in a panel. I didn't. A panel. I, I didn't even get invited to do shit. So um, I guess my stature in the space is uh, is diminishing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that, Todd. So I wouldn't say that. It's okay. So anyway, hey, but uh, but but we did get good news this yeah. week about the NAB. Yeah, so. we did. So we'll be uh, we'll be having a state of the podcasting, and we will be interesting. It's be Rob Walsh, Rob Greenley, Rob McCracken from Scripps, and myself. Robs. The three Robs. It's gonna. Hey, be- so I don't know who's moderating this panel though. Uh, maybe we're maybe we're moderating ourselves. I don't know. Nobody's nobody's asked me to moderate it. Yeah. So. So maybe somebody else is going to moderate. Maybe Josh from the NAB is going to moderate. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. So I don't. I think it's Wednesday. What day are we? I, I don't uh, know. Wednesday, the twenty sixth of April. And what day? And I don't even. I'm not. I'm not thinking into that month yet. So I don't even know what uh, what day of the show that is. If that's the second or third day, or. Uh, I believe it's the. I think it's the. I think it's the first day, I believe, of the conference. Uh, it's uh, twenty-two to the twenty-seventh. So the it's, oh, it's it's the next to the last day. Yeah, it's next. But at least it's not the last day. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm doing another um, gig down there on the twenty-third uh-huh. on the first day. Oh, so uh, what are you doing? Down it's there? another panel. It's another panel type thing. Oh, are you going to do the rain thing? Rain's not going to be there. Oh. Rain is is uh, left um, NAB and are are, are doing two uh, two events on the East Coast. They're doing one, I guess, an audio monetization, and then they're they're doing a podcast uh, summit uh, in New York. So, are you guys sponsoring that, or no, we're not. No, we're. Ne- I don't think we are either. It's still it's still too early for us to get involved in that kind of stuff. So it's. Um... But yeah, so the convention exhibit halls are twenty four twenty seven. So yeah, it's, it's good that we're on that day, 
because we would okay. have, be crickets in there on the 27th. Yeah, but, everybody's heading out. Yeah. So I, I got to get registered and get my press pass and all that stuff for NEB now, too. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done any of that either. So. But I think the, you know, it's just, it's, you know, another year we're ramping up, getting ready to, you know, start the, start the trudge towards uh, getting out and getting the word out. And I, well, yeah, I think 2017, uh, is going to be, and, and a little bit toward the end of 2016 was, um, I don't know, Todd, if you've noticed this too, was a little slow around, um, uh, panels and discussions on, on podcasting compared to the prior year, um, like a year ago, um, we were both, and I was at a lot of, um, conferences and panels, that were related to the radio industry. Yeah. And those are just not happening. Although, although the radio people, you know, I'm still, it wasn't like last year. I got back from CES last year. My phone and me exploded and I spent the next three months doing nothing but radio stuff. Um, No, no, I'm not saying that the radio stuff is dying necessarily. It's just that a lot of the conference attention of it has shifted to uh, radio people that have embraced podcasting, actually doing all of the, the paneling, uh, the panel guesting and the events and things like that. And the peer play podcaster folks like you and I are not as involved in those, those events anymore. No. And I, and I think too, is that, um, you know, the radio folks are really, you know, they the, talk about a tight niche group. You know, they all know each other. It's all tight. So it's going to be interesting what happens to radio. You know, we continue to grow our radio business, though. A number of folks that are, you know, working with yeah. a client right now and expanding their, you know, they're, they're adding more stations. I think they're up to 23 or something like that that are doing podcasts. So, um, yep. you know, it's, it's still growing. And uh, so the radio folks are, you know, as their numbers continue to decline and digital continues to go up, we'll continue to see more of that shift. But I think it was a good Good sign. I know Rob and Rob Walsh and I have been after Josh at the NAB pretty much ever since last last year to to do some sort of a podcasting track with yeah. their 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 radio section that they have at that event. And um, he's been saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it." And I don't know. I have to get final approvals and all the stuff. And it and it looks like uh, I haven't heard final final from Josh, but maybe. Uh, there's going to be a session track. I know he was pushing for that uh, with the organizing group for the NAB was pushing for, uh, you know, at least a half day track right. um, on, on podcasting and this, this new state of podcasting panel, which I had ori- originally heard wasn't going to happen. Um, it did come as a bit pop, of a surprise for us. Pop back up on the, on the table. So Josh must've gotten his proposal in and, and gotten at least a half day track on podcasting as a companion to the, the radio track there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's, it's good. Anytime we can, uh, you know, go over the state of the podcasting space and that, uh, that seems to be, you know, we, we, we kind of, you know, you and I and Rob, the other Rob, uh, were the ones that initiated this. So I think that'll be, uh, you know, good to carry that over to NAB. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'd be yeah. cool. And so, so you were on, a, you were on another show this morning. What did you guys talk about? 
was mainly talking about the Spreaker monetization tools. Oh, okay. Uh, was you know you know with Dave Jackson and Jim Collison. So on the Ask a <clears throat> Podcast Coach show. Did you so. see uh, Dave's uh, short video on uh, new and noteworthy? No, I haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> but I know he's. He's kind of snarky about it, I know. Oh, he made a great video, uh, on, and I saw it last night on Facebook, where it was, t- you know, totally snarky about uh, new and noteworthy, and I, I just, I just had to laugh. Uh, you could tell that something finally triggered him, <laughs> and he took the time to make a video, and it, it, it has, you know, audio quotes from people, and, and then, uh, um, but there are still some deniers in his. Uh, in his uh, comment chain, it, it, you grew my audience, and <laughs> well, you are one of uh, the thousands that uh, got one of thousands that actually had audience growth out of being a new and noteworthy. It was probably a slow week. <laughs> well, it, it it just gets back to how good your content is, too. You know, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you get up in that that new and noteworthy section and you have terrific content, sure, your show's going to grow, but it was probably going to (laughs) grow without it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has kind of been a get back in the saddle show. Is there anything else that uh, you wanted to talk about, Rob? Hmm. Well, podcast movement's coming up. Oh, that's a long ways away. I don't even want to think about it at this point. No, I've been thinking about it this week. So they haven't uh, they haven't announced uh, speaker submissions yet. So that's still uh, you know that's yet to come. No, but they're pretty much sold out on their sponsorship already. Yes, they are. Yeah. So uh, so if you if you snoozed, you lost. Did you guys do anything this year or? Yeah, we're going to. We haven't locked in yet, but but there's there's a couple spots left. Oh. You're going to be pulling out the big check if you're going for the top spot. No, huh? there's there's actually no big spot left. Oh, They're all gone. Wow. That's remarkable. You think about that, that they've sold that out already. Then we're, yeah. it's, it's, it's not until August, you know, so that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The only yeah. thing I'm mad about pod, uh, po- uh, podcast movement this year, it's not like in New York, so I don't get as many frequent fire miles going to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, jeez, always, always worried about that million mile status. Aren't I you? already made million. I'm good. Oh, you have already yeah, made. Yeah, I made million, but I, you know, I have to get my hundred thousand in this year. I did one forty seven last year, so I should have no problem doing a hundred thousand this year. Do they treat you like a king when you're at uh, when you do over a hundred thousand miles with an airline a year? It's pretty good. You're, you know, that is. You know, you get a lot of free upgrades and, uh, you know, up coupon upgrades as well. So it's it's not a bad, but it sucks. You know, flying sucks. The status is great, but, you know, I'm not flying international. I'm flying domestic. If I was flying international, I'd really get the benefits, you know, but I'm still flying domestic first class, which is, you know, about three inches better than coach. <laughs> <laughs> Like you need it, Todd. Come on. I am. I'm fat. I'm a fat guy. I do oh, need no, no. I was talking about leg room is what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, no. it's. I never have a problem with leg room. You're the one that has a problem with leg room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, you should, when you go to work for companies, that should be part of your disclaimer. As part of my package, I require business class seats. Oh, believe me. It, 
It is a topic of discussion. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> yeah, when I was flying flying back and forth to podcast uh, podcast one every every week, I was on Alaska Airlines flight every single week. I achieved um, you know pretty high you know you know elite tier status on right. Alaska Airlines, and and I was regularly up in uh, first class. So right. it was that helps great experience. And then I uh, <laughs> then I quit podcast one and. And now a year later, I'm like down, down, you know, I don't even have any flight status anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two international flights you take isn't quite enough to get you over the hump. Is well, it? it's not on Alaska Airlines. Alaska Airlines doesn't fly to Italy. So well, that's true. I have to fly on Delta. So I'm I'm spreading it around. And, and, you know, uh, and, and what's funny with my wife working Hawaiian Airlines, you know, I technically could fly free, but I have to fly standby. And, um, oh, you can't do that. So yeah. it's too much of a risk. But uh, one thing that is good as part of her benefits package is that I can I can actually buy a ticket at I don't know what the code fare is, but it's basically an employee code fare. And uh, so I will save a little money this year flying on Hawaiian a little bit, um, just in order to you know save a little, save the company a little cash. So I heard that you're going to get a get a a visitor out there to, to Hawaii this this in the next coming months. Uh, who's that? Mr. McCracken is coming your way. Oh, he is. Well, that's awesome. I have to do have to do some. Uh, is he coming to Oahu? Or is he going to another island? That's I, that's I, the I, key. He's going, I I think he's going going to Oahu with his family. So oh. I think he was going to look you up. That's can't wait. Take him to dinner. We'll have some drinks. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. You know that uh, if you if you come to Hawaii, let me know. You can come to the studio, come hang out. We can uh, you know have uh, poo poos. That's basically appetizers or snacks. Um, but uh, yeah, just just let me know if you're going to be out here. Anyone that's listening, let me know. I definitely love to hook up with you. But yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Hawaii's Hawaii. I I'm so you know I just live here now. It's for me. It's home. Yep. So. It's been it's been. Many years since I've been out to Hawaii, so I'd I'd like to head out. Yeah, come in summer when it's nice. You know, it's this time of year it's a little rain. You know, you can catch two three days of rain, which sucks if you're coming from someplace where you're expecting to see sunshine. You know, so yeah. Uh, it, well, that's what'll be nice about or Orlando at the end of February. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go from a nice place to a nice place. So it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's much. It's much better for me coming coming from Seattle. Yeah. So. There was something I was going to tell you. What the hell was I going to tell you? It must not have been important, but anyway. Well, Todd, I don't know if you if you remember, but I, I used to be an employee of the state of Florida. I used to work. Really? Work, uh, yeah, I used to work for the Florida Department of Citrus. So what, were you like an orange inspector or something? <laughs> yeah, I was an orange <laughs> inspector. <laughs> Quality control, Todd. So, yeah, so I had to sample all that orange juice. Oh, that, so what did you do for them? I was a field marketing manager for the Florida Citrus Commission up in the know. Northwest. Man, you you are like a jack of all trades. You've done everything, Rob. How many well, companies have the, you worked for? Like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I also built the world's largest glass of orange juice too. You did. Wow. Yeah, was type it? into Google, uh, pull it up. On, I'm just going to type in world's largest glass of OJ. All right. World's largest. So did, did it actually, was it really OJ? 
Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. I had a deal with Tropicana. So I filled it up with Tropicana, not for concentrate orange juice. So I, it was uh, 700 gallons. Well, my daughter lives, uh, okay, the world's largest glass of orange juice. Is your picture there somewhere? Yeah. Go to the top link there. Rob, the Rob, you're like young. <laughs> there was a time when that was the case. Yes. All right. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Let me uh, see if I can. And it's actually a YouTube video. Oh, it's your YouTube video. Yeah, that's, it is. Yeah. That's funny. So <laughs> let me let me put this up here. I just Googled it. So everyone just Google world's largest glass of orange juice. And you see Rob standing there getting interviewed on Live 12. So that's, that's actually in, um, in Portland, Oregon at the Portland Rose Festival. Oh, that's funny. So could you actually drink out of this? You couldn't, right? Yeah. yeah I use it as a sampling tool. So I partnered with Tropicana and I did it with Minute Maid. Uh, I'd fill it up at different, different events around the country. Uh, and yeah, and I had beer tap. So I had, so I built this glass. It's fully refrigerated. It's yeah. all built out of stainless steel. Um, and it just circulates the orange juice through it, keeps it cold and, um, and served it out of beer taps on a, oh, on a sample booth. That's funny. Yeah. Well, and actually it's a, it's a recognized, uh, w world record in the Guinness book. Oh, that's cool. How do you know? How does that process? Because I've got the, the world record for the unofficial world record for having the longest continuing sponsor of a podcast. How, how do you get Guinness to, uh, to certify that? You, I, you have to contact them and then you submit your, your contest. I mean, you have to follow their, their guidelines and their rules for verification. I mean, you have to have a witness. So wow. that, that, uh, if you go to another page on that site, yeah. it'll actually show a picture of a radio guy who came down to certify and measure. <laughs> so I had to bring in a, a independent person to come in and measure the glass wow. of, of how much orange juice was in it and then submit the, the math formula to calculate how much orange juice was in it. <laughs> um, the poor bugger, they had to freshly squeeze all that. So I, I spent twenty six thousand dollars building that glass oh, back that, in ninety seven. But look at the look at the promotion. You're still getting uh you know it's still getting some traction. <laughs> Actually, it's in a uh, it's in a math book in Florida. Um, I, it's a math formula to how many how many oranges were squeezed to fill the the world's largest glass oh, of orange juice. That's funny. All right, gang, I think we're going to uh, get out of here. We're long talking about orange juice, but hope you're going to join us down <laughs> in PodFest, Florida. And my daughter's in Tampa, so I'm going to go see her the day before the event, and I'm going to drive over from Tampa to Orlando. And and uh, so, yes, we're, we're in wedding planning mode right now in a big way. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's not until next year, but she's already uh, – I think causing her mother to have a gray hair. So, um, it's, uh, and that to me, of course, that's my ex-wife. So that's very, that's a good thing. The more gray hairs, the better. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yep. Yeah. So I get anyway, it. I get it. So, yeah. so anyway, I'll be, I'll be there visiting and, uh, 
supplying advice, I guess. But yeah, uh, there you go. All right. Hey, everyone. Thanks for being here. Uh, if you have comments on the show, you can uh, email Rob or I, Chris, geeknews at gmail.com, Todd at New Media Show. Follow me at Geek News and hang on on Facebook with us. Of course, uh, of course, check out my regular podcast, geeknewcentral.com. You see all the CES content popping up here in the next day or two. Rob, how about you? Uh, I can be found uh, at uh, Rob Greenlee uh, on Twitter. And then I have a website, uh, robgreenlee.com. And then I do the Spreaker Live Show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at SpreakerLiveShow.com. You can tell I, I, I never say that. So, Oh, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but uh, hope you let us jump. Thank you for letting us jump around today. And sorry we've been gone a couple of weeks. We'll be back here next week, next Saturday. If you have a hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get. Uh, hopefully, I can get uh, Rob Walsh to join us next week. Oh, okay, it'll be fun. It'll be in, yeah. in, there'll be no knives involved. It'll be fun. Yeah. So uh, or or Dave Van Dyke, come on and talk about that that study. But um, but my tendency is to is to probably try and get Rob in here. Yeah, it'd be fun have Rob on. We can talk about what's going on in the new year. He's been, yep. in, he's been in rare form lately too. So, Oh uh, yeah. But you do know that, uh, the majority of WordPress podcasting sites use their own podcasting feed. I just had to throw that in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, no, I, you get yeah. me, get my two cents worth. In. Get, get me two cents yeah. worth in there before, uh, before next That's week. Right. Okay, right. well, Rob w w would have joined us today, but uh, he's coaching his son in a basketball um, uh, team. He's coaching two games today. That's that sounds fun. So he's trying to get a get a win. They're they're zero and seven. So. Oh, oh, oh! I know. Oh. I was telling. I said that's 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 pretty tough, Rob. You're ah, oh, you know that's that's uh, what do you call that with kids? That's uh. Cringe-worthy moments. Yeah, it's something building. It's a uh, oh, character, character building. building. Yeah, character building. Yeah, character building. That's go. right. Not everyone That's can right. get a trophy. We all can't be winners. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I always got a trophy. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, if you if you won, you got a trophy. Otherwise, you went home in shame. That's the way it was when uh, I grew up. There was no such thing as participation trophies when I, when I was a kid. That's true. That's yeah. true. I did actually win a lot, though. Yeah, you went home. If you went home, if you lost, you went home and your dad badgered you. You're like, so anyway, that's it. Everyone, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on the New Media okay. Show. Check us out at newmediashow.com. Take care. Subscribe. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.